Welcome to Untold Valor, a podcast with a unique focus on veterans with stories of courage, recovery, perseverance, and strength. On this podcast, we are being joined by Dr. Nick Mayo, who is going to share his stories, including why an unstable early life left him vulnerable vulnerable to PTSD, how he climbed out of his own personal hell using a plethora of resources the Veterans Administration had available, and how he continues to be a resource for veterans now in his own community. So stay tuned for this episode of Untold Valor. This podcast is brought to you by Voice and Vision, bringing help, hope, and healing to individuals, families, and communities affected by mental illness, addictions, and disabilities in southeastern Pennsylvania. Financial support for this podcast is provided by a Veterans Trust Fund grant from the Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs. Welcome to Untold Valor, a podcast with a unique focus on veterans, featuring stories of courage, recovery, perseverance, and strength. Listen to hear veterans share their perspectives on what it's like to battle mental health challenges, combat addictions, and overcome other adversities unique to those who have served. Welcome into the podcast, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast with myself and Reverend Ben here once again to talk with our very special guest this week, on the show. We're always happy to have new folks to share their stories. And we have Dr. Nick Mayo, hopefully I'm saying that right, he's going to tell me here in just a second, uh, who has uh, spent some time in the service as well as is now a chiropractor and helping folks as well. So really looking forward to sharing his stories. Uh, Nick, how you doing? I'm doing great today. Thank you. Thanks Th- for having me. Absolutely. Did I get your name right? Is it Mayo? It's Mayo. You got it. Fantastic. All right. Good stuff. Uh, ben, how you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be on today. Absolutely. So we're into January for this taping, guys. So we're actually taping it technically uh, still in 2023, but this will be our first episode of 2024. So uh, welcome to the new year. <laughs> it's kind of kind of weird to say 2024 already, right? It's kind of a strange little thing, but looking forward to having our conversation this week. And and so, Nick, let's just jump in and, uh, and talk about it. I, I said it in the teaser um, that you have a pretty unique story as well. And, uh, you know, let's talk about your life in the military and, and some of those struggles that you shared with us that uh, we used for the teaser. Uh, basically, just tell us a little bit about you and your early beginnings with the with military. Yeah, thank you very much, Mark. Um, so, I started off in the military back in 2003. I was 23 when I joined and really just looking for some kind of structure and stability in my life. And I think that's true for many people that join the military. We're not necessarily guided by a strong desire for a career or like have an exact endpoint in mind, but it's it's an option for those who may be struggling. And there are certainly people that go in to make a career and that's their goal to initially begin with. But for me, it was really, maybe this is what I need to get my life together. And at the same time, 9-11 had happened. I was always drawn to military life. Mm. I, was, I watched a lot of movies. My mom married a guy in the Navy. And I lived on some bases for a while. Okay. So I had some exposure to it. And I went to 14 schools in 12 years in my childhood. I moved around a lot. Like I said, my mom remarried. It was actually a stepdad. And um, fortunately for me, that marriage did not last because he wasn't the best of of human beings. But Mm. it worked out the way that it did. I ended up going to a lot of schools. He ended up getting stationed as a diver in the Navy about every six months to a new post. So it just created a very rocky upbringing and back and forth between my mom and my dad in Philly and Virginia and 
I really had a hard time ever establishing who I was and what I was doing with myself. So mm. by the time I hit early adulthood, I was in full-fledged chaos and really uh, not sure that there was anything for me. So the I army came about, and um, I said, "Let me give this. A, let me give this a try." I wanted to be a medic, and I went to the recruiter and said, I'd really like to join the army, but I think, you know, I only really want to do it if I can be a medic. She told me what I needed on the ASVAB test. I took that, scored high enough, and there I was at Fort Benning in 2003, getting ready to start a new chapter in my life. And um, uh, it started off great. I, I went through training. I really liked the military training. I liked the camaraderie of it. I liked the testing myself and, and trying to be my best version of myself. Mm -hmm. and, and I found that in a way that I hadn't before. So I was really grateful for that. But immediately, as I was uh, in, in medic training, my unit reached out and said that immediately following this training, they were going to be mobilizing to Iraq. So mm. it was a pretty quick turnaround. And as a medic, I was kind of like, oh, my God, I'm going to be doing what I just learned to do in a classroom in real life in a war situation. So it was it was uh, extremely scary. And I was also, though, uh, curious and excited at the same time. Yeah. So uh, is there anything you said you went in wanting to be a medic? Was there a particular reason as you were kind of growing up that you felt like that was the, the calling for you was medic? I've always been drawn to helping people. I like that, that direction. Right. But I had no experience in the medical field. My dad was recently a chiropractor, but that really wasn't it. I think I just, you know, watching movies and stuff and, and hearing them call medic and seeing what they do in that regard, I think it just kind of just something that moved me and felt right for me. Gotcha. Turns out it was a good choice for me. Gotcha. So you did a couple of tours, it looks like, looking over your bio here. And so is that kind of, was it during the, the first tour or the second tour that uh, you yeah. kind of noticed the PTSD issue starting to kind of build up for you? The second tour never actually happened. The first tour, I spent all of 2005 in Iraq. We got there in 2004, spent all of 2005 in Iraq. I came home at the end of 2005, beginning of 2006. My unit had disbanded. So it was a National Guard unit. They were in at a Farmville, Virginia, an area that I wasn't really familiar with. I was out of Petersburg, Virginia at the time. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt lost. Um, without having the unit. And I also was going back to live with my dad in, in Philly. So I found a, a National Guard unit in New Jersey, but I never actually got linked up with them. And for a little while, I actually did not have a place in the military at all. I was kind of mm. this weird zone and nobody asked about me and I didn't ask about them. And at the same time, there was a pattern starting in my life where I was drinking a lot more I was just reliving things that happened and talking about it constantly, which was probably good, but also I was stuck in that. And, um, and I was getting involved with uh, somebody that wasn't right for me, uh, a bad relationship. And I spiraled pretty far down, ended up living on people's couches for a while. And oh, wow was wondering why I wasn't dead yet. Uh, this went on for about two years. And in 2008, a New Jersey National Guard unit got in contact with me somehow. And they said, we have you in our census and we're mobilizing to Iraq. You're on our books. You either have to come or you're going to be um, in trouble. So right, right. 
obviously I was like, no, I'll, I'll be there. You know, I, I had no problem with that. And, and where my life was at, I thought, wow, this, this is perfect timing. I need something to help me. And I thought that this going back to Iraq was going to be the right uh, answer for where I was at in my life. Mm. And, uh, did, and did you find that it did, it, did it help or did it kind of compound the situation that you were, you know, already finding yourself in? It compounded the situation that I was in. The biggest thing that I felt, though, was that I didn't belong anywhere. Gotcha. And the unit disbanding didn't help any. So the feeling of belonging and purpose was all of a sudden rekindled. But at the same time, when I was training, I was really struggling with uh, addiction. And, mm. and I knew I couldn't help people as a medic if I wasn't in the right state of mind myself. So I had a heart to heart with my unit and it was really embarrassing. It was a new unit to me. They had never really met me. It was only about a month into our relationship while we were getting prepared to go that I brought all this out to them. And they were really great. They sent me to the VA in Coatesville for drug and alcohol rehab. And then they picked me up and we went down to Texas to continue training. When I was there, my um, sister-in-law was shot and killed. It was just mm. another tragedy on top of other tragedies. A month later, my best friend was um, died of an overdose. And I completely spiraled at that point. It was, it was like overload for me, PTSD overload. The unit that I was connected to now was going back to the same exact place that I was at prior in Iraq. And that felt too much for me. Mm. So the day that I was supposed to report in New Jersey, I was still in Virginia. I was out all night and um, and really just sabotaging the situation and called my unit up at like eight in the morning and told them that I couldn't possibly make it to formation. I wasn't even in the right state of mind, but literally I wasn't in the right state uh, location either. So they said, that's fine, but you have to go to the PTSD clinic in Coatesville because we can't just let you disappear. Sure. Um, and I honestly probably still wasn't going to do that. I was just planning on letting the, my last days ride out. I was I was done. I, I mm. felt completely overwhelmed and exhausted with life, and didn't really see much point in going forward. Wow, that's that's a pretty amazing. I, I want to get to the, the the turnaround here in just a second, Nick. But I want to bring uh, Reverend Ben in because Reverend Ben, this sounds a lot like some of the stuff you shared as well, right? Through your own personal past, where as a corpsman, right, you had some, uh, you had your own struggles and addictions, and kind of feeling like you didn't belong and and f- trying to find the right spot. So uh, I wanted to have you chime in a little bit here. Sure, sure, um, uh, Doctor Nick, I can surely um, relate to what you're saying. Actually, I can kind of parallel to what you're saying. Only difference with me was my addiction really started to um, reach its peak after I got out the military. However, in the military, there was the drinking, which was acceptable. But I can definitely identify with you uh, with your pain, be it in a civilian life or in the military, because we, as we know, addiction carries pain, misery, and chaos. Yeah, indeed. You know, and it's, it's so you're struggling, Nick, and you're going through this, right? You said you're basically done. So uh, on my notes here, I've got the story of the three gins. So tell us about the three gins and how, and how that saved your life. Yes, it actually has turned into a beautiful uh, tattoo on my back to honor my three gins. And I'll talk about that. But okay, please. My sister, Jennifer, who's always looked out for me. It's my older sister and who certainly had some talks with me when I was feeling most suicidal that that my nephews and her couldn't afford to lose me emotionally. And um, she really talked me into getting help at the VA and said, no, 
you are going to the Coastville VA. I'm going to drive you there myself. And she made sure that I got to this VA hospital. I didn't want to go. I, I told my friends who I was uh, hanging out with prior that I'll be back in a matter of a couple of weeks. I just got to go through this process so that I can get out of the military. So my sister Jennifer was the first part of that. And then I got to the VA hospital and uh, the, other people will be able to relate to this. And, and I know the VA is doing the best that they can, but the first order of defense when I walked in the door was, here's a cocktail of, of prescription medications for mental health. And I just asked if they would not give me any of those things yet. Is there any way that we could wait about two weeks so that they could really analyze me and see where I was at? I said, I'm not at any risk right now to hurt myself or anyone else. I just, I'm here to get better. And can you give me a fair evaluation? And I decided at that moment too, that I was gonna check myself at the door. I was gonna strip myself down bare and come in there because I was almost uh, 30 years old and completely dependent on other people for food, shelter. Uh, I didn't have a job. I didn't feel like there was a, a job for me out there. And I was like, I can't live like this. So you know what, I'm here. I'm going to give this program all that I have. And if I don't get through this or I go back to the same crap that I was doing, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm done. And I gave myself an ultimatum and I really attacked that program and, and told them that I was, I had already found some meditation and I was, I was into healthy, a healthy, uh, way of eating and stuff, but that I kept getting lost from that. So they paired me up with a therapist there who taught mindfulness, yoga, I started going to the uh, exercise facility that they had at that VA hospital and ended up with a rash or an eczema outbreak on my foot. So they sent me to the Philly VA hospital where my second gen was introduced to me. She's the <laughs> physician assistant at the Philly dermatology office. And um, she said, have you ever had a skin check? I was like, no, I've never had one. I'm Italian, dark skin. Didn't really think that I needed one. She said, well, let's just do one while you're here. So while looking, she found a mole on my back, took it off, and two days later called me and said that it was actually a melanoma growing, which is a malignant cancer, and one that if they can cut it out before it spreads is 100% curable. And if it does spread, especially at that point in time, when there was an immunotherapy for it, it was almost 100% fatal. A quick note about that, my mom, in preparation for that second tour in Iraq, had said to me, I don't think you should go. I have a feeling you're not coming back. She oh, wow. was absolutely right. If I had gone to Iraq, that melanoma would have killed me because it would have been silent until it affected organs that were shutting down. That's the dangerous part about a melanoma. If it's not found on the skin in time, it really spreads through everything, through the lymph system. So my, my second Jennifer literally saved my life by just recommending that skin exam. A doctor even said that the mole looked fine to him, but she said, no, I want to take it off. And thank God she did. Mm. So I, I finished up that PTSD program. The VA uh, removed the cancer from my back at the University of Penn Hospital. And they, I stayed with that facility in their homeless domiciliary because I technically didn't have a place to call my own. And I also didn't want to go back to Virginia where my friends were there. And I didn't want to go back to Philadelphia where my friends were there because all of the people that I had accumulated in my life were not right for me at that point. So I stayed at the Coatesville. I didn't really know anybody. I uh, got a job working at the hospital right there, which was important for my recovery and PTSD. And it was a non-trauma hospital, which working in the emergency room, 
and a non-trauma hospital also helped me overcome without forcing me into a crazy environment right away. So that was really a nice uh, parlay into civilian life. About a week or two after starting that, I was signing the papers to get out of the military for my PTSD service connection. And I met my wife that night, Jennifer. (laughs) Everything happens for a reason. So my sister, Jennifer, got me into this program. A woman named Jennifer finds cancer and gets rid of it. And then I immediately met my wife, Jennifer. And uh, she she has inspired me every day since to just give my the best effort. I, I really saw a future with her. I was absolutely right. We ended up having children together. We have two beautiful daughters and uh, and a lot has come since then. But she really was the thing that propelled me to stay focused and to keep pushing forward because I kept falling backwards at every chance that I had in my life at other points in time where I had gone through programs and thought that I was going to give my best effort. I always fell short, but with Jen, I knew that I couldn't, I knew that I wanted to keep her and I knew that I I had to, I had to really make it happen. So that's my three gens. That's awesome. That's fantastic. (laughs) Well, you know, that's, that's actually a really great transition point for us, Nick, to really kind of turn to just moving forward, right? So finding a reason to bring yourself forward and then also finding resources. So one of the things we like to do on here is we try to try to share, you know, you know, messages to, to other veterans who might be listening who have or hit that bottom spot and haven't quite found that that uh, that ladder, right, to grab a hold of to pull themselves out. So kind of what would you kind of share with them folks in that standpoint and maybe some resources and things of that nature that worked for you? Absolutely. So first and foremost, I didn't think that the VA was gonna save my life. I thought that I was gonna save my life using the VA as a resource or at least I was gonna try to save my own life. Mm -hmm. VA is a resource. If you go into any type of institution or program thinking that that's the thing that's gonna save you, you're probably not gonna have any success. If you realize that you are the one who can save yourself, but that there's all these resources around you to help you do it, you almost always will find success. So I think that's one of the most important things for me, for people to understand is that full accountability and wanting to make these changes for yourself and use those things around you. And the VA, for as much as we, as veterans, think that it has failed us, it has a lot of potential to help you. And um, some some ways that it did that, the doctors there found cancer on my back and got rid of that. And the counselors helped me work through uh, PTSD issues, but they also paid for my, my, chiropractic education. Um, Once I was out of uh, the hospital and I was working at the ER, I started taking nursing credits because I was thinking about going to nursing school. And I found out about the the vocational rehab program through the VA. My father is a chiropractor and he said, why don't you look at doing this? The VA is going to pay for it. Took a special test because it's a doctorate program and they did approve me to pay for that program. And that was a huge Mm -hmm. benefit. I can't even, I can't uh, overstate that enough. I mean, just the, the gratitude that I have for them to be that dedicated to my schooling and the resources that they provided for housing and for books and everything along with that. I did have to have at least one month remaining on my GI Bill, but I used a lot of my GI Bill prior to that and still was able to use this program. Um, so 
the other thing is believing in yourself because when my dad said to go to chiropractic school, at that point, my highest completion other than basic training, I didn't even graduate high school. I had my, my, my GED. I was a high school dropout. I tried college at 19. I dropped out of there. Um, so I didn't believe in myself very much, but my dad did enough and my, my future wife did enough for me to stick with it long enough and the VA paid for it. So I also felt like, all right, I can give this a try. As it turned out, I believed in myself enough to start gaining some success. I graduated second in my class. I won student of the year award. I graduated with a 3.86 GPA. I mean, I was failing everything when I left high school and I thought there was no way but I was good at school. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, so you got to, you've got to believe in yourself certainly. And that's hard to do right when you're, when you're in those depths. Uh, but having that, you know, someone to kind of pull you forward and, and Ben, I'll bring you back in for that. Uh, same kind of situation, right? At some point you had to kind of realize that you were at the bottom and, and it's, it's time to, to figure out how to get yourself back up. Exactly. Exactly. I'm listening to you, Nick, and, and I'm hearing my own story because, um, I felt as though I was always, uh, unachiever, uh, had low self-esteem, uh, didn't see myself going to school or didn't even know what a syllabus was, for that matter of fact. However, um, after going through an addiction and through the affliction and the mental health issues, today I am pursuing a PhD. So, you know, just like you, you know, we, if we reapply ourselves, we can actually, we can conquer things. And I truly believe that for most veterans need to know that the answer to a lot of our problems lie within ourselves. We can do it if we believe we can. Thousand percent, thousand percent, and that I'm a good example of that because I didn't really fully believe in myself to go to chiropractic school. I had to rely on other people believing in me. I believed that I sucked at school. That was my wholehearted belief was that I sucked at school. So, but I, I was able to fake it till I I, I made it. And, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, exactly. one, well, for, for sure, one thing, one message we can um. One message we can give to veterans listening in is that hope will get you through and, you know, never doubt yourself because doubt will hold you back. Doubt will keep you out. And uh, once we realize we can, we can do anything we put our minds to. Yeah. Well said, Ben. Well said. Well, Nick, thank you so much for being here. We always appreciate having, you know, the guests come on and talk about that. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, incredibly powerful story as well. And I think it just goes right to the heart of what we try to do here on the podcast, which is reach out and hopefully share stories with other veterans who feel like they've, you know, they're, uh, they've got no place to go or they're not exactly sure how to kind of come up out of the, um, you know, mess they may find themselves in. Right. So thank you so much for being here. Mark. Uh, real quick, can yeah. I also mention, Please. Uh, so I'm a VA provider now. Oh, great. Thank you. Yes. Yes. As a chiropractor here in, in the Bucks County area in Southampton, PA. So chiropractic is an offered service and we do have chiropractors at the VA hospital now, which is phenomenal. Oh, that's great. Yeah. The one in Philly and the one in Horsham, but you can also see outside providers, especially if you can't get in or it's too far or you can't get in in time. So providers like myself do provide pain relief through chiropractic care for free to veterans that's paid for by the VA. And also while someone's getting set up, if they're a service connection disability, I see them for free until they get set up with the VA. But I have a few other programs that I found here, mm -hmm. Mark, I'd like to just touch on real quick. Yeah, absolutely. And what we'll do is if you can get us those resources, those links, we'll also put those in the show notes of the podcast for the listeners as well to check out. That's phenomenal. So 
For one thing, the YMCA here in Bucks County has a great program called the Veterans Wellness Program, and it's a resource to help you get fit and get healthy. It includes a YMCA membership. It's, I believe, a 12-week program. Each week, has they, they guide you through different checkpoints, and you're doing it as a group, which I always felt helpful as a veteran going through my own therapy and counseling and everything. But that's a great resource, and that could be found on the YMCA's website, but also by uh, through email, and that will be included in the resources that I share. Shamrock Rains is a horse farm in the Bucks County area. She does PTSD therapy for veterans utilizing horses, um, and it's significant success and an amazing program. I'll also share that. Um, it, it's a great way for veterans to get help in, an, in a non-conventional way. Chase Bank, they're my neighbors next door to me here. They also offer a plethora of free resources, including all of their banking products are free with no fees associated with them for veterans. So I think that's important to know. And then for a complete A through Z list um, of resources available in the Bucks County and Montgomery County area, the Chalfont VFW, and I'll provide that link, has an A through Z resource listing, and it is a, a very comprehensive list. And you can see from there how many things are out there for veterans to take advantage of. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Nick, for sharing all those. And yeah, like I said, we'll put those in the show notes, the description details for the podcast, and that way folks can just click on whatever links they would like to learn more about. Uh, and that's just that's just amazing, man. Thank you so much for being here, sharing the story, sharing the the, the links. I mean, all of it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you, your time. Absolutely. Ben, thanks for being here as always, my friend. Uh, we're going to wrap up this episode of Untold Valor. But if you need some help, you've got some questions, whatever that might look like. Again, we put a ton of resources uh, up on the details of the each and every episode of the podcast. So please feel free to check those out and reach out and get some help if you need to. Talk with the team at voiceandvisioninc.org if you need some help there as well. Uh, we'll have the link for you also. So thank you so much for this episode of Untold Valor and our special guest, Dr. Nick Mayo. You've been listening to Untold Valor by Voice and Vision. We hope you found the information and resources discussed today helpful. As always, thank you for listening and for your support. Remember to stay connected with us through our various social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget to visit the website, voiceandvisioninc.org. That's voiceandvisioninc.org, where you can sign up for our blog and find free resources and information on upcoming events, webinars, workshops, and get support. You can also access our free help and hope guide for individuals and families struggling with substance use and addiction. If someone you know is struggling, please reach out for help because you and your life matter. Remember, the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is available to you at any time by dialing 988. We are all ambassadors of hope and recovery. And if you want to share your story, please contact us. Compure Corps is also looking for veteran mentor volunteers and veteran participants. To find out more information about Compure Corps, please call 610-541-0790. That's 610-541-0790. You can find all the links and contact information for the resources mentioned on today's episode by checking the description and the show notes section of your app. Thank you again for tuning in and for your support. Until next time, this has been Untold Valor.